Hey, this is Joe Castiglione, and you're listening to Not Another Sox Podcast with Matt Cavall, Matt LeBeau, and Jack Webster. Can you believe it? Amigos, and welcome to episode 48 of Not Another Socks podcast. I am Jack Webster here with Matt Galveo, Matt LeBeau, as always. Fellas, we got the shortstop. We got Alberto Mondesi, the Mondesi. The Mondesi, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's that's what the streets are saying. Uh, the Mondesi, man. Um, dude, just like, just like we chalked it up, you know, just like we knew Heim was going to do. Go out, get the biggest player, big, biggest free agent on the market, biggest shortstop on the market. Not free agent, but trade. As far as trade goes, get the biggest, uh, get the biggest fish out there, and he did. Um, you know, we we don't, you know, screw Carlos Correa. You know, Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson, those guys are all mid compared to our new shortstop Mondesi. Xander Bogarts, too, that fellow. Xander Bogarts, who is that guy? Hit the bricks. Yeah, I mean, when when this offseason started, we said it was a make-or-break offseason for Heim Bloom, and he came through. He got our guy. Um, Adalberto Mondesi will be the long-term answer to the shortstop problem because he's only played 100 games in the last three seasons, um, and he hits under 200. So this is just a, a banner day for the Boston Red Sox because like, instead of, you know, signing Xander Bogarts, um, your captain and your two-time world series champion, we were able to go and get um, a marquee shortstop. So just a really exciting day all around. Yeah, no, you, you heard like all off season high and bloom go, Oh, yeah, you know, we're going to make an impact trade for a uh, player here. And, you know, you're wondering who it might be. Maybe it's Ever Cabrera. Maybe it's Willie Adamas. Maybe it's um, even ha- Hassan Kim. But, no, what, like, out of nowhere, able to get uh, Alberto Mondesi, a guy that, you know, many wouldn't even think is available just uh, due to the fact that he's uh, just so talented. Right. Uh, and, you know, it's produced so much around the league, so. Um, I, I'm still blown away by it all. Yep. Yep. No, it's a, uh, wow. It just, it feels good to be a Red Sox yeah. fan. You know, it really does. It just, life is good. You know, I mean, people love to shit on Heim Bloom, but he just does it again. As soon as you're out on Heim Bloom, he just does it again. He pulls yep. this up his sleeve. Like, where was this dude? Like he's a goddamn magician. Um, call him Houdini, the magic. you know, the magic man. He just has that wand and he like, boom. Oh, need a shortstop. Here you go. And here's Mondesi. I mean, a generational talent, as everyone knows, um, you know, just a pure baseball player. This guy was born to play shortstop for the Red Sox and Heimblum knew that he went out there and he made it happen like he always does. 
So there's not much I, to say on, on, on that. I mean, Heim Bloom does it again, really. Well, I think the best part is we traded from an area of death, which is our left-handedness in the bullpen. Because, uh, you know, we have Julie Rodriguez, and then we also have Bob Julie Rodriguez. And yeah. then, you know, to sport him, we also have Julie Rodriguez. Julie Rodriguez, right. Yeah, so, um, right. you know, I, I'm so glad that we were able to get rid of, you know, Josh Taylor that, you know, might have not pitched last year at all. But, you know, it's not like he had right. a really high strikeout rate or uh, anything like that. So, you know, who who needs a guy like that? Yeah, it, it's... Roster? It's so funny because the Reds, uh, Heim Bloom had said earlier this offseason that starting uh, starting pitching was an area of depth. And I think we would all argue that and say um, lefty bullpen arms was actually the area of depth. So I think he actually got it wrong. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, like you, like Jack mentioned, we have, you know, three really good lefty bullpen arms right now. So that's, I mean... It just like the more you look into this trade, the more you realize like, Jesus Christ, like this guy just pulled. What a magnificent, magnificent trade. Unbelievable. It's a uh, yeah. I mean, we we. Uh, <laughs> so bullpen was the weak point for the team last year. Right. And just to recap yesterday. Um, and I know that maybe a lot of Red Sox fans on Twitter won't agree, but. Yesterday, the Red Sox traded for a shortstop that will likely be DFA'd at some point during his Red Sox career. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, by June. Um, for a guy who actually is an effective bullpen pitcher, and, and I don't even care about John, uh, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Josh Taylor, not Jonathan Taylor, the football player. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Josh Taylor. I don't care about JT. He, he's irrelevant. He, hasn't, he didn't even pitch last year. But let, let's be real for a second. You know, they lost two bullpen pitchers last year that were effective um, or have been effective over the last couple of years. And it's it was the weakest point on the team. Now, did they make some additions over the offseason? Of course they did. And is the bullpen going to be a lot better? Yeah, of course it will. But, I mean, I, I just I just don't. I just don't get it. I just really don't get it anymore. I just don't. Don't. It definitely seems like there's – I'm sure there will be another move, even, you know, as full as the last 48 hours or so have been. From a certain perspective, I mean, I, I know a lot of people have liked the moves that have been going on. Um, I would have enjoyed something that would have been actually a little bit more impactful. I'm still hoping that comes in some form or another, but, um, it you know – there's obvi- there's obvious flaws with some of the guys that have like come over over the last uh, few days, and you you just wish it was a little <clears throat> bit more with that. Yeah, I mean they basically hyped up a trade all off season, you know, and didn't it didn't it, it never happened. I, I mean this is not a trade. This is this is basically swapping two guys that really are borderline rosterable. So this is really not a trade to me. This is just more along the lines of, you know, hey, we we might consider DFAing this guy. Oh, hey, we also might consider DFAing this guy. You guys want to just switch? Yeah. Yeah. We're both going to DFA him by, you know, June or July anyways. That's really not a trade. You're not really pulling one out of your, your, you know, your hat there. I Did the Red Sox come out on the better end? 
I mean, they've got two players out of it, you know, a player to be named, whatever. You know, they got two players on it. Yeah, they came out on the better end. Does that, is there any winner in this trade? No, there really isn't, you know. Yeah, it's it's kind of like two people uh, just trading trash for trash, kind of. Um, the, these two girls having a mid-off right now. They're having, that's that, that's yeah. pretty much the that that's pretty much yeah. the uh, summary of the trade. Yeah, yeah. It's like in SpongeBob when it's just like I couldn't afford to get you anything, so I got you this box. Yeah. And then, you know, the other person's like, well, I couldn't afford you to get anything, so I also got you this box. Like this is pretty much that exact trade where like yeah. we have nothing to afford to give each other, but we still did it just out of the kindness of our hearts. Yeah, it's it's like. When you see, like, when you're on, you know, John J. Partington or, like, Branch Ave, and you see, like, yeah. the homeless person trading, like, a Chobani yogurt for, like, a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Red Sox got, like, two cigarettes out of it. Like, we got the cigarette in, which is a little bit better <laughs> yeah. than the yogurt, man. But we still did really bad. Yeah, and we're going to burn through those cigarettes before <laughs> you know it. Yeah. Right. So we're going to burn through them tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I just and then the 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 other move that happened yesterday, right? The the second move, um, was the probably I would say like the fourth worst bullpen pitcher in the bullpen got DFA'd um, in Matt Barnes. Yeah, and, you know talked about that a lot in the group chat yesterday. Um, another kind of just confusing move. Um, is it is it the biggest deal? No. But is it the one that I would probably say I disagree with the most of this offseason? I think it is. I really do. Besides Bogarts, of course. But I think this is the one that I disagree with the most. Yeah, no, I mean, that is ups and downs. This stuff has gone downhill, I think. Even Matt Barnes might even tell you that deep down inside. But he ended up actually being pretty good once he came off the IL about halfway through the season last year. Uh, even, uh, you know, the strikeout numbers were down a little bit, but the ERA was excellent. The uh, FIP was excellent as well. So it just really seemed like out of left field when there was other options at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we you know we mentioned um, you know in the chat yesterday, Caleb or Ryan Brazier is still on his team. Like there was other options if you really wanted to DFA somebody, Wyatt obviously to make Mills. room. Wyatt Mills. Yeah. <clears throat> the one thing, the one though, the one guy is just like Ryan Brazier. This guy is still uh, he's he's gonna have a lifetime contract with this team. Uh, just. Literally just for 2018. Like that, he is still riding high off of that one year. And that he is literally just almost like an un untouchable for this team. Literally. Like you cannot, he's like a made guy. Yeah. No, in, he's in, made, for the Red Sox. He literally, you cannot touch him. He's a made guy. He is. I don't, I really don't understand it. I mean, you know, I love. When he yelled at Gary Sanchez, I, I think yeah. we all thought that was really cool. Um, he was okay in 2021. He pitched in some really big spots uh, against the Nationals down the stretch, and then in the um, you know in the playoffs a little bit as well. But you know, if you're he had a terrible year last year, and he proved that he's bad. Whereas like Matt Barnes, he was hurt. 
then he came back and he pitched well. And then now he's just off the team. The thing is, is like Matt Barnes, I just don't get it, man. Matt Barnes is younger. He had a better year last year than Ryan Brazier. Sure, he pitched less. And he was an all-star in 2021. Not to mention that he's a homegrown talent. You know, and as much as I hate Connecticut people, he's a local guy. I mean, I think he kind of did them dirty. You know, what does Wyatt Mills do better than Matt Barnes? What does Ryan Brazier do better than Matt Barnes? What does Caleb Ork do better than Matt Barnes? You know, I, I mean, isn't Josh Winkowski still on the 40-man? Yep, he's still yeah, on the 40-man. Yeah. Right. There's, there's, you know, probably half a dozen other guys I might have even listed before. Not even taking a look at uh, Matt Barnes in spring. You know, if you if you come into spring training, he's like, hey, he's lost. He's a guy that we can't have on our major league team. Or, you know, we want flexibility. It's whatever. Some team will claim him and we'll get like a million dollars back off the luxury tax or whatever. Like, that's one thing. But to do it now just seems so random and unnecessary. Yeah. There's so many other moves that should have already been made then this is the one that you're doing right now i i feel like you know um i got blasted on this for twitter for some fucking reason that you know even with the addition of adam duvall which we'll talk about in a little bit as well i feel like we kind of got worse we we lost uh, one of our two lefties we lost <clears throat> another guy that can at least pitch decent in a mop-up role at worst and uh, we only added in, you know, a guy whose beat is his speed, which has gone down and he just suffered an ACL injury. And then we added, you know, a power hitter that uh, has not really played too much center field and didn't hit for much power to get on base too much last year. So there's, there's reason to believe that this team actually somehow got a little bit worse with some of these moves, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and I think I think that like yesterday, you ha- yesterday you have to isolate like the Duval signing. We're not. I'm not saying that the team got worse by adding Duval and Mondesi and losing, you know, Barnes and um, JT. You know, I think that with the Duval in there, I definitely think that he he makes the team a lot a lot better, or at least a little bit better. He's uh, an addition. He's definitely an yeah. addition. But he was already, in my opinion, he was already on the team. They heard right. who he was going to replace. Yeah. Um, yesterday, how I look at it is you added Mondesi, and then you you subtracted JT and Matt Barnes. In my opinion, yesterday, you got worse. If you want to yeah. add Duval in there, because he was technically the one that replaces Matt Barnes, then, you know, you really, no. Did you get worse? No. But absolutely, you know, you definitely did. I mean, Matt Barnes is the best player out of those three players. JT, Alberto Mondesi, and Matt Barnes. I would take Matt Barnes over those three. You could also make the argument that JT is a better option than Jolie Rodriguez, who had a really bad year last year. Um, I think he has good stuff, and I, I, I know people are high on him, lefty specialist. But I think people forget how good John, uh, Josh, Jonathan Taylor, Jesus Christ, is going to yeah. kill me. <laughs> Josh was in 2021. 
And I don't know why that's not being considered. After the guy didn't pitch last year because of an injury, I don't know why it's not like it's not being considered that he if he returns to form that he did in 2021. I mean, he was a horse. He pitched like yeah. had like 60 yeah. appearances in 2021. Yeah, I don't get why you would out on uh, Josh Taylor to now come back to somewhat his form, but you would count on Alberto Mondesi, which didn't really play at all in 2022, played 35 games in 2021, played all of 2020 great over 60 games, but even before that, he only played 100 games the most in his career, so I'm not sure this guy's really too much more than a platoon type of player, really with um, uh, the Christian Arroyo at second base. I mean, Bloom even said that right now Kike Hernandez is still our uh, starting shortstop. Yeah. And I'm, right, I'm, yeah. <clears throat> I'm about. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I feel, I obviously, I'd rather have Kike in that role than a guy like Mondesi who obviously hasn't really been able to stay on the field too much, um, you know, the last few years. So it's, I don't know, it's very mid. Like, like we, like, you know, LeBeau, you called it in the in the last episode that the trade that was going to happen was going to be a very mid trade um, for a player, for a very, you know, okay player. And, and that's exactly what ended up happening. Um, and the thing is, they, they, they just hyped this up so much. Maybe... They did it because they wanted to take some of the heat um, off of themselves. And, you know, there was a lot of pressure on them, especially from winter weekend. Um, You know, they they took a lot of heat from the fans there. And maybe that's they tried to hype it up like it was going to be something bigger than it really was. Um, Or maybe they actually feel like Mondesi is going to be an an impact player. Um, I don't know what they're thinking themselves, but. You know, maybe this is just something where they were just trying to take some of the heat off of themselves after, you know, the heat that they caught from the fans the last couple of weeks. I'm trying to find his batting as a left-hander because he, as lefty as righty. Dude, I wish I was smart enough to use fan graphs effectively. <laughs> You're looking up Alberto Mondesi's uh, righty-lefty stats? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yeah, there you go. Someone smarter. Yeah. Than Jack, Jack, if there's anybody that knows yeah. how to use the internet, it's Jack Webster. Source? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sadly, I mean, this like... is all that I've been doing since I was like 14 years old. Like, <laughs> it's so. all right. Hey. Are we looking at... Yeah, let, let's look at... Because he's going to be a primarily left uh, a left-handed hitter for the Red Sox if, yeah. if they're platooning him with Arroyo versus R yeah. as lefty. Yeah, I think he's worse yeah. from the left side. Yeah, I was going to say uh, he has a uh, six seventy-four OPS against right-handed pitchers, and he has a um, seven nineteen OPS against left-handed hitters. So great. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't really do anything for us. Wow, this is ridiculous. Yikes. Yikes. And neither of which are good in particular. Neither like, you know, the seven nineteen is pretty much average at best. Um oh Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. That's like it's like the uh the money ball scene where 
Ron Washington is like, none of these guys plays first base. You can't platoon (laughs) with a right-handed batter that can't hit from the left side. One thing, Heim, none of these guys can hit as a lefty. (laughs) (laughs) You're missing one thing. How can you – I just don't understand. I mean, you know, here's the thing. I I think that there's plenty of reasons to be hard on on Heim Bloom. And if he had a good offseason, this minor of a move wouldn't be, like, looked at uh, in such a negative way. But when you have, like, a bad offseason – which they did, and no one can say they didn't. Um, if you have a bad offseason, then you, you, these are the moves that, like, really are, are, like, even more puzzling. I mean, he has yet to make, like, a good move that's stuck. You know, like, all right, take Pavetta for Workman, great move. That's where it ends. Yeah, and you know, and you even were like like Pavetta and Seabold and like in there for the longest time, now, and now Seabold's not anything. And yeah, now with the movie trade, it's like oh, it's Verdugo plus Jeter Downs and Wong. Now it's Verdugo plus Wong, yep. maybe. And then at what point <laughs> is it even Verdugo? <laughs> so I'm kind of wondering when you're getting back from all this. <laughs> then you, yeah, you trade Renfro. Yeah, you know, maybe yeah. did, and um, man, that's tough to justify. I mean, that's just. Don't worry, we got Alex Pinellas. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's just now it's just Pinellas. <laughs> it's it it, it yeah. Just all Alex off, like two 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 player. Oh, we got we got this guy and this guy. Then it's just this guy. And then then we have no one. Then no one's left in the organization. Hear all the time now that like the Red Sox weren't making any trades because the trade market was so ridiculous. Yet, meanwhile, you know, apart from really last year, like getting Emmanuel Valdez for two months of a backup catcher, that move was great. But there was yeah. no reason why we weren't able to get anything for JD Martinez or Rich Hill, uh, yeah. which you know ended up letting walk for free nothing and then you know that's fine it like you know it's not like we're getting qualifying offers or we're gonna you know uh trade or get anything out of them at the end of the day but the fact that you got nothing out of it and then stayed over the luxury tax by four million dollars yeah so that way you can't go over it this year or it's not wise to go over it at this point because think about it, if we actually just stayed under uh, at, after the trade deadline, there's a good chance Xander Bogart is still on this team. There's a good chance we would have just blown right past it because it would have reset. We don't have to really worry about penalties. We could have still extended Rafael Devers. <clears throat> we could have probably re-signed Nate Valdi and uh, still done all the other moves that we wanted to. But instead, you know, now we're having to walk this tightrope of, signing one-year, $7 million deals, trading for a Belter Mondesi. And it, it's that one just little piece where uh, you take it out from the bottom of the base and everything starts crumbling from all the way down. And now we're yeah. a year behind schedule just because of it. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's very, very fair. Um, you know, and, and that's a great point that you brought up. 
uh, in the middle of, of that kind of, you know, um, statement where you said the, uh, the trade market, if it's so crazy and so wild, then you can easily justify trading JD and Nate uh, and, you know, uh, JBJ even. Like I Rich don't know Hill, yeah. if you're yeah Rich Hill yeah if if you're gonna use that excuse Michael Waka if you're gonna use that excuse of oh we can't make a trade because the trade market is so crazy then where was that same logic that was flipped with the the assets that you had yeah. that were movable that was <clears throat> needed to you know win now you're telling me that a team wouldn't have wanted Michael Waka or JD Martinez. Yeah, JD was a big one. JD was a huge one. The fact he wasn't traded was a travesty. Um, I was against trading Nate because I really wanted to re-sign Nate. If I realized that wasn't a possibility, yeah. he had no intention of, of re-signing here, which it seemed like that was the case. You know, he did not want to play here anymore. Um, then I would have definitely traded him. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, he's going to make more money in Texas just because of taxes and stuff. So there's that, too. But I feel like, you know, he wasn't a really big fan of the direction the team was heading in. And, you know, it's understandable. Yeah, I think that if you look at – I don't think there's a coincidence that they got rid of a lot of guys that have been here for a while. And, you know, I partly agree with that. Um, It seemed like there was a lot of bad apples. Last year, a little bit, it seemed like there was a little bit of like a, you know, like an interesting dynamic. Um, I think that there were guys that maybe were a little more vocal about some of the moves. I mean, I, I kind of always go back and I love Nathan Yavaldi and what he did for his team. One of my favorite Red Sox pitchers of all time, actually. Um, but the whole like when Plawecki got. Yeah. I mean, realistically, Kevin Plucky should have been the Red Sox fourth catcher. But I mean, because like he was good with the pitching staff and because like Nate liked him, you know, liked pitching to him, he had a job. Um, but like to be outspoken about that and then criticize the team publicly for DFAing a catcher that really had no business being on the team in the first place, um yeah. is wild to me wild and even with the whole vasquez thing too like a lot, a lot of the I feel like a lot of the that wasn't a heat that wasn't a very popular trade amongst the clubhouse um yeah it was <clears throat> it's kind of just uh yeah a lot of those obviously those guys and even you know matt barnes is kind of part of that whole like core um of players that you know i don't think anyone's really left except what brazier is still here and um, from like that 2018 run, like a lot of those Brazier, core guys, sale endeavors. Yeah, that's that's about it. So, a lot of those big pieces left. So, and we we talked about the direction of the team. Um, wasn't it Xander last year at the deadline who um had said that where he was kind of confused as to where the direction of the team was headed. Um, I think so. I think you said that. Yeah, yeah. I think that was him yeah. that said that, where he was a little confused as then. Hey, yeah. I mean, I don't. <clears throat> it, it was at at that time. 
I think everybody was confused as to the direction of where the Red Sox were going. I was, was going to say, like, yeah. I, I might have said that too. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but it was, it was true. I, it was definitely true. I think that's what him and most Red Sox fans at that time were thinking the same thing. It's it's still kind of confusing to this day, you know? Yeah, six months later, I'm still it's, confused. Yeah, right, exactly. So he was no, right about that. And, and I, you know, I want to stress that we're, we've always been pretty much in the middle in terms of, you know, like the criticizing the team and being positive about the team. And I, I would honestly say before this offseason, even last year, I would say we were always more on the positive side. You know, we we're always kind of more on like the the delusional side. If you go back and listen to, you know, our, our show, I mean, except our first episode where Matt picked a race to win. Um, yeah. You know, I say that besides that, we've been pretty much like, you know, Red Sox pajamas to bed type of fans. Like yeah. I would be honest, but I, I would say that we're more on that side. And, you know, when, when we're saying these things and when we feel this way, um, it's, it says something, you know, I'm not saying our voice matters or our opinion matters, but I am saying that, if we feel this way, it goes to show that there's a million other Red Sox fans that feel this way. And, and a lot of them showed up at winter weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. Great segue, segue too. Thank you. What happened there? Yeah. 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 What, what happened during winter weekend? Uh, you know, I only watched the Ness and rebroadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very quiet. A lot of cheering. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think there was. Clapping. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was all sunshine and gumdrops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like think... Red Sox Twitter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All there was absolutely no, uh, just no negativity. All all very good vibes there. Yeah. Um. So, winter weekend, which next year I think we should definitely go to. Um. You know, I it sucks we weren't able to go, but, um. Yeah, they got booed. They got booed, which is awesome. That was awesome to see. Um, Red Sox fans have every right to be upset. Since Hein Bloom took over, um, we made it to the ALCS, which is awesome. But we also lost Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts. That's unacceptable as the Boston Red Sox. It's completely unacceptable. Um, with that, you've pretty much constructed a team that is now looking like they they should finish in last place again. Is it possible they could finish in second? Yeah, it is. Um, but it looks like they're going to finish in last again for the second year in a row. Two years in a row, that's also unacceptable. So Red Sox fans every reason, have every reason to be upset. And anyone who tells you otherwise is delusional. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it was just really buck wild. John Henry picked the first time in four years to go out and be like addressed <laughs> publicly at the Red Sox town hall. He had every opportunity in the world to be like, yep, I'm just going to take this, you know, softball and, you know, Q&A from writers where like they ask a hard question. I can just deflect it to like the evening or whatever. He did none of that and just chose to show up to like where the Red Sox fans were probably, like, the most dedicated Red Sox fans 
winter weekend because you got to go all the way to fucking Springfield, Massachusetts in order to fucking do it. You you got to be dedicated to give your money to go to fucking Springfield, Massachusetts. Like that that is a whole nother level of perverted that we are at. Like, you know, we're not yeah. quite a truck oh, yeah. day, but yeah. like we're willing to go to Springfield, Massachusetts, which is uh, really saying a lot. Right, and uh, Chris Chris Dio, you know, said it pretty well. Um, I think this was, but he, he said that, you know, people going to winter weekend on a Friday in January in Springfield, Mass, you got to assume that those people that are going are true, like Red Sox loyalists. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, the loyalists are, are out there being loud and, and booing and showing their displeasure. Then, you know, where the, where's the rest of the, the demographic of Red Sox fans? You know, they're just at this point such disdain for the team. So, yeah, I mean, and there was people, you know, there was people kind of on both sides of the fence as far as like showing displeasure and, and booing. And I saw, you know, some people were saying that you shouldn't boo, you know, why are you booing? Other people were like, yeah, you should like, and I'm, I'm on that side where it's okay to show your displeasure over where the organization is right now. Um, and where it's been, you know, the last, you know, year, really. Um, obviously, last year wasn't great. Um, this offseason hasn't really been anything special, like we've said. Um, and if you're a fan, like, if you pour, you know, your energy, um, you know, your money, you know, buying tickets, you know, jerseys, hats, whatever it is, like, you're you know, you're putting a lot of support into this team year after year. And if you don't like the direction that the team is headed in, it's your right to show your displeasure when, you know, Red Sox ownership and Red Sox front office is there at an event like Winter Weekend. Um, I was I was happy for the fans that were there and they were showing, you know, that they were pissed. And this is not something that they want to tolerate because, at the end of the day, like we've always said, like this is the Red Sox. This is Boston. People are very diehard. They're very dedicated to their teams. And they're they're going to cheer you when the team's doing well. They're going to be behind the team. They're always going to be behind the team no matter what. But when things are going wrong and when they don't like the direction that the team is going in, they're going to let you know. They're going to be the first ones to let you know. And John Henry should know this. He's been here long enough. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with what the fans did. I, I think when you go there, you don't like the, the direction this team is headed in, which I don't think most people do. Um, you should be able to go there and, and, and show your displeasure. I, I agree with them. Agreed. Yeah, no, I mean, Sox fans are some of the most informed in all of baseball. We know what's going on with the team. We follow every single free agent signing uh, even if it's not for our teams like throughout the offseason. And that's why it's frustrating when you put in so much time, energy, and most importantly, money, this organization, and, you know, they don't really put out the best product that they're able to. It You should be able to do that. And, you know, there's a lot of Red Sox fans out there that, you know, are trying to stay uh, optimistic and positive. I try to at times, you know, it's been a little bit harder this off season than the years past, but you want to believe everything is, you know, rainbows and sunshine and puppies and everything go fucking right ahead. Um, but it, it, there's no reason why like anybody should be like, Oh, you shouldn't do this. I know we've won 
four World Series here uh, with this ownership and everything. But, you know, it, it really does come down to what have you done for me lately? I'm not going to hang on to the past like that. Yeah, and it's, it, you know, I, I, I'm very happy with what the ownership group has brought us. But that doesn't give you the excuse to run the organization into the ground, right, where you want to compete every year. And you don't have to win a World Series every year. But the one problem with this ownership group is you've now had, say they finished in last place this year, which they should. Um, you've now had, you know, since they've, t- they've taken over, uh, multiple last place finishes, which for the Boston Red Sox is completely unacceptable. Imagine the uproar, uproar and, and the, the, the downright craziness that would ensue if Liverpool finished in like, you know, like the bottom, like half of the league, right? Like they're having a tough year and they're an eighth of like 20 teams. And the fans are like ready to kill themselves and ready to run the ownership group out of town. If that happened over there, then they would have to answer some serious questions. And I think that this year showed them that they don't want to be involved in soccer as much as they thought they did. I don't think they can compete with the money, um, as much money as they have. I think it's still like it's all oil money now. And the oil money is like these 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 people have like money is like not real. Yeah. These yeah. owners in soccer that have like oil money, it's like not a real thing. It's like they could spend a billion dollars and wouldn't even put a dent in their net worth. The the FSG can't compete with that. And I think that they realized that sometime in like, like December, I really do because Liverpool was doing bad and they like settled for a really mid player instead of like the one that they, that everyone wanted. And that's when I think John Henry started showing up. And he, like, flew to the DR, talked with Devers. He showed up at the, the town hall, and he's like – and then they, they announced they're going to sell with the Liverpool. They're going to sell a team. Um, so I think they had a revelation that they're just going to stick to baseball, which is great yeah. for us. And, and yeah. the Penguins. And the, and, yes, <laughs> and, and the NHL is actually – the NHL and the NFL are perfect <clears throat> for them. And I think that yep. they're going to try to go in that direction more than uh, baseball and – well, more than soccer, but maybe a little more than baseball because there's a hard cap. Right. So that's perfect for them because they don't have to they, – they can just develop and, you know, spend the, the same as the rest of the league and not have a, people, a bunch of people upset with them. Right. That is perfect for them because they I – don't, I don't think they're really willing to shell out like a bunch of money like for, you know, in a sport – Obviously, like the MLB, where there isn't that, you know, that hard cap. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, LeBeau. I think they're better suited for, um, y- you know, uh, a league that has that hard cap. So yeah. you, the, the problem is that the, what the attracted them to, like, the soccer world was the, the salaries are, are a lot lower than baseball. But you have to pay large lump sums to get players. Yeah. And you just keep right now. They just they're just getting outmatched with like all these oil, all this oil money. But um, for the NHL, I mean, they would they would crush it, you know, because they are really good at building an organization from within itself, like conserving the history, you know, right. um, involving the community. And, you know, they they are really good at that. 
and they're a really good ownership group. The problem is when you're in these markets that demand so much and they're blue collar markets and you're the richest person in the market and you start being a little bit cheap, these people are going to jump down <clears> your throat. Oh, yeah. Boston and Liverpool are like identical in that sense. They're both like blue collar cities. And when you don't spend, they're going to get killed. Henry out. FSG yeah. <laughs> out. out. They've been saying over there, they've been saying it since day one. And they've, <laughs> won, they've won every trophy possible. They, they've won every single trophy possible since they took over in a very short amount of time. Those people are never happy. No, <laughs> like at least you, know, you think like, dude, they we, think Red Sox fans are bad. Yeah, they think Red Sox fans are bad. Don't get the British riled up. No, they no, they they take that. <laughs> shit. Oh, your booty team is rubbish. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's true. It's it's true. They they hate they hate FSG. They hate FSG. They want them gone. And um, you know, I think. We do too, but I think that for us, if we if you like make the playoffs a couple of years in a row, we'll never say another word about it until we finish in last place again. Like you got to right. do really bad. Like them, like I said, look at the go look go look at the EPL standings. They're in eighth. Yeah, and if you go to like their Twitter, it's just a constant barrage of just like <laughs> racial and like homophobic slurs <laughs> at John Henry. <laughs> It's, no, it truly is unbelievable. I've never seen a crazier <laughs> group of people. Yo, British people are a different breed, man. They are. No, they're they're different. They're built <laughs> entirely different. You gotta be to have beans with fucking toast. <laughs> <laughs> they're still eating like the fucking Germans are flying over out <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. Oh my like, god. Like go steal some more artifacts or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So um winter weekend to recap that. Um uh, they got food, which was awesome. But I will say this. I like to criticize Hein Bloom because I don't agree with many of his baseball decisions. I think he's very timid with a lot of things. I think he waits too long. And I think he can really be a bad or, or poor judge of talent. Or maybe it's the people in the room that he trusts. But, man, I really do like the guy. Like, as a person. Like, the, if you, I, when you listen to him at, at the town hall, um, I know a lot of what he says. He sounds like a little bit like a salesman. But he's just – I think he's – being genuine and i think he really does care and i think he wants to to bring a championship team i just don't think he's that good at it you know he is he seems like a really nice guy and he seems like you know he's very transparent to me some people don't agree but i think he's very transparent um i think he's a breath of fresh air from hearing kennedy and uh john henry speak Uh, i really do like the guy i'm rooting for him I have no faith in him whatsoever, but I'm rooting, <laughs> yeah. or I'm rooting my ass off. Definitely part of being like the uh, Boston's president of baseball operations or GM or whatever fucking title that you want to have is handling the media. And I think he actually might handle the media better than any other like GM that we had. Theo was a bit crazy. Charrington was very bland. 
Dombrowski was out there, and he did a good job with the media too. But uh, Heim has an answer for any single question that any single person, media, fan, whoever is going to ask him. It, yeah. There's always a thought behind every single thing that they do, and they can explain it. And I do appreciate that because, you know, some a lot of times they'll uh, just leave you, you know, high and blue on, you know, why they did certain trends or uh, transactions in a lot of markets. But like in Boston, you have to answer for that. Right. And, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, uh, obviously it's been a rough off season. You know, I think we've definitely expressed a lot of dis- uh, displeasures and what has uh, been going on and everything. But the at the end of the day, winning fixes everything. If we're right. able to go out there and we're able to compete, even even if, you know, we don't win the World Series, but, like, there's no reason why this team should finish in last below the Orioles, below the Rays, below the Blue Jays, below the, even the Yankees at the end of the day. Their lineup is not that great. Um, and that's even ideal without fucking IFK or uh, Josh Johnson in it. Like, I saw, like, the talk in baseball, like, Oh, yeah, like, we got DJ LeMayhew, we got Aaron Judge, we got Anthony Rizzo, we got Giancarlo Stin, we got Jose Trevino, and a bunch of guys named Oswald or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) Very mid, very mid lineup. And they got, they get a lick better in the offseason, offensively. Yeah. I don't know how anyone could say the Yankees had a good offseason or a better offseason than the Red Sox. I actually think the Yankees had a worse offseason than the Red Sox. The Red Sox added a lot more, but the Red Sox needed to add a lot more. Um, but you both extended your superstar. And, I mean, the Yankees got Rodon. The Red Sox got Yoshida, Kenley, Turner. I mean, you know. I feel like the Yankee fans almost feel like they they did better because they got Rodon. Like that's like because they got like the big name pitcher that was on the market. Like they were like, oh, like, you know, who also has a lot of injuries, right? Like, like I mean, if you're counting on this guy to throw you 200 innings, you're kind of out of your mind. You're gonna get 160 out of a max, and I mean. Given those one six uh, one hundred and sixty innings, yeah, sure, they might be good, but uh, I don't think pitching or starting pitching was an area of weakness, even really for the Yankees. They kind of improved, sure, but like by how much at the end of the day? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't, I don't think it was an area of need. Um, I think that they probably just went out to spend money just because you know they felt pressured to do so, um, which I don't want the Red Sox to do. I feel like they did that with Trevor Story, though. And now, like, that is – it's crazy how just, like, in the blink of an eye, that's now headed toward, of all the free agents the Red Sox have ever signed in our lifetime, that's headed toward, like, the worst. Yeah. Or second Still one. Pablo. It's still Pablo. Yeah, it's, it's still Pablo, but, I mean – be, be, yeah, I guess because, but but also Pablo was less money too. So yeah, it was less money, but it was less money in a smaller market. So I I, I still think stories at least like not gonna be a douchebag as much as fucking Pablo Sandoval was. Right. That's why I think it's also a little bit worse. It's like Trevor Story is a really good character 
fit yeah. at the very least. And it doesn't seem like it's ever going to be like, oh, what a disaster. We got to get this guy out of here. Like Pablo literally run out of Boston, like run out of Boston. And he hates us too. Yeah, it's mutual hate. Mutual hate between us and Pablo Sandoval. Um, you know, and, and I mean, you, if David Price never pitched in 2018, like if he had a bad 2018 and didn't help you win a World Series, then I would put David Price in there. Bottom line is he pitched well in the playoffs in 2018. The guy literally won you an ALCS. So he, he can't be on that list. Or he, at least he can't be top three, right. you know. Yeah. But story right now is top three. Is there time? Of course there's time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's always time. He can turn it around. Apparently he says he's uh, at the winter weekend. He said that, uh, you know, he, he does see himself playing in 2023. So, see. I think he will. <clears throat> if he says it, I mean, I believe him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's going yeah. to kind of right. feel like how Sale was all last year. Where it's like, oh, yeah, once he's coming back, you know, it's going to be great. And he's, at this point, almost mentally, I'm not counting on him actually coming back. And if he does, that's going to be a great addition to the team. If you're able to somehow compete until the All-Star break, when hopefully you're able to get him back, even in August. That would be, you know, a big addition that, I, uh, you know, uh, you're able to just add on to your team. There's never a bad time to add on, you know, a power hitting uh, base stealing second baseman. So hopefully, you know, it does help at the end of the day. And even, you know, if we're out of it, he's still able to come back and show that he's healthy and show, you know, what he might, a might be able to give you. But, you know, uh, it, it was not a great first year and this is about as bad of a start. You can get to the second year in it. Right. One thing that I I wish didn't play out, and I don't think that they meant for it to play out this way, and I, 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 I'm not upset about it, but the outfield defense is pretty fucking bad. And it kind of just worked out that way, you know, and I, I think it's, more, uh, it's a byproduct of upgrading the offense, you know, and I think that was really important because the offense last year was terrible. So now you had Yoshida... You know, you had Duvall. So you, you you have some pieces now in the outfield that can hit home runs and get on base a lot, hit for a high average, um, driving a lot of runs, hit a lot of doubles. But, man, that's a brutal outfield. That's a lot of meat out there. A lot of yeah. meat. <laughs> a lot of meat. That's why I actually really like keeping Kike Hernandez in center field and oh. shortstop. You have essentially a gold glove caliber center fielder that you're now moving to shortstop where I'm sure he's still going to be fine. There's no, when he played there in the past, he was good, but you know, why juggle all these pieces around? You're moving Duval from a corner outfield spot where he's only really ever played and won a gold glove in 21 to center field where he only has limited, um, like, I mean, it's just, Using unless of another move comes, you're able to move Kike into center and you know keep the outfield to more of a platoon role, kind of like what we saw in like 2016, 2017 with like Chris Young and everything, where everybody's still playing 100 plus games. At the end of the day, you can move Kike around to the infield when you need to. But right now, I'm not sure how much 
really putting Duvall in center field, TK at short, Tune at second with Mondesi and Arroyo really helps the team improve at the end of the day because you're, yeah. you're losing a lot defensively. And it, and it seemed like it came down to, you know, and, and they might have never even talked to Elvis Andrews, but it seemed like, you know, the Twitter GMs, make it seem like it was either Duvall or Andrews. That's what it kind of seems like. And I think that we made the right choice because this is a guy that can hit almost 40 home runs, you know, in in, in a really good year offensively. Um, and I think that they needed power. They needed a power bat. So I really like the Duvall signing because he's going to bring that power. He's got a great swing for Fenway. So if it came down to signing Duvall and moving Kike to short or keeping uh, Kike in center and then signing Andrews, I would definitely keep it the way that they did it, which is sign Duvall and move Kike to center. But what I don't understand is why can't you sign Duvall and then sign Andrews? Because you still could be under the luxury tax and not not even worry about Mondesi, not even bother yourself with Mondesi. Then you kind of have like this this situation where, like you said before, you'll have a little bit of a platoon. Kike might play some center. Duvall might play some right. Kike might play some right. Kike, you know, or Duvall might play some left. Um, Kike might play some short. He might play some second. You know, you kind of just juggle things around, and those like three guys don't really have a set position. Um, I don't see why that couldn't have worked. Okay. And you had even John- Duval can play first. Duval can play first piece <clears throat> as well. Yeah. And you would have had you would have kept Josh Taylor, which is a need. Let's be let's yeah, be real. The, the left, yeah. Yeah, he's is. lefty. It's a need right now. And now, you know, there's always like, oh, you can sign out. You can go out and sign uh, Andrew Chafin or Matt Moore or Will Smith, who was really ineffective last year. So now you're just creating another hole that you need to fill. This, I feel like this last 24 hours really didn't fix anything at the end of the day, unfortunately. A great way to sum up this team is in May, they're going to sign a left-handed reliever, and they're going to DFA Alberto Mondesi. <laughs> this is like yeah. what he does. This is what he does. When, yeah. When when Trevor's story, like, comes back, like, there is 0% chance Mondesi is on this team. No, I agree. I definitely agree. He's, he's, that, this, his spot is Trevor's story's spot. Right. <clears throat> Absolutely is, for sure. But, yeah, that, that, the. Uh, I mean, there's still lefty uh, arms out there, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. All right. Yep. You guys want to call it? Um, we could do a random year. Oh, we got the truck day just to. A truck oh, yeah. day too. Yeah. The announcing truck. of the truck day. Truck day has a date, so mark yep. your weirdos. February third, truck day. Yep. Truck Day has a date. What's that? Next, that is next. Oh, next Friday, Truck Day. Wow. Yeah, I might be day oh. drinking for that. Coming up, pervert. Get ready. Cease and desist on all Truck Day. All yeah. Truck, truck Day you, joke. You, you know what podcast you are right now. Yeah. yeah. Cease we're, we're getting Rob Levine yeah. after you. Yeah. This is a call to prison. Call to prison. Yeah, yeah, call to prison. Yeah. (laughs) Call to prison. Rob Levine. Bring in the heavy hitter. 
<laughs> we might need Rob Levine out of the pen, dude. Is he lefty or what? Yeah. <laughs> Little Mr. Sandman. Yep. Levo's Lebe- looking pretty swollen. Like, if you can throw out of the left side, I think, you know, you yeah. have a good chance of breaking camp. Yeah. There you go. I think yeah. Fenway would erupt if they uh, – if they heard, uh, you know, LeBeau's name getting announced and him running out of the pen, high stepping out of the pen. This is a good. This is a good discourse. If you get a pitcher and you were a closer, yeah. what song are you coming out to? Oh shit! Uh, ooh. Um. Anything Taylor Swift, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. Right. Uh, Carly Rae Jamison. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Man, I've I've always I've, I've I've tried to think. I I I just don't know which what what I would narrow it. Uh, I don't know what I would do honestly. I might do closing time. That's it, a it good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Everybody on the other team. You just need to have a song, though, that can be played even if you're not, like, the closer. Because what if you get brought in in, like, a setup situation, right? Maybe right, like, yeah, yeah. Then they're playing closing time. It needs to be somewhat versatile where, you know, whenever you're coming in and the lights, you know, maybe start flashing a little bit and they start playing your, your song, you know, that's, that's what it needs to be. I, I think that... I have a couple. I've thought about this a lot. Um, I think I would go. Mr. Crowley is number one for me. Ooh, that's a good one. Can't go wrong with Ozzy. Yeah, it's uh, that's not even a debate. Um, Number two, like some like some some gritty like old country or something like that you know like, <laughs> yeah yeah body maybe like some johnny cash something like that johnny cash yeah, yeah yeah something like that or even like some like something really off rip like like dolly parton maybe jolene, <laughs> jolene. <laughs> yeah. that would be pretty badass you know don't don't hate on it until jolene until, would be i think that would get the people would go in though yeah and then yeah. people, like it's just so out there that yeah. I think people would love it. Yeah, and then the last like one that, would be when the that levy would be your trumpet. That would be. But, I think I would just go come out to uh, the Joker, little Steve Miller band, and then yeah. just as as I'm coming that's, out, just like some people call me Maurice. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> cool, cool, cool songs are good for that. Yeah, you know, like. Wow, this is a cool guy that kind of gets you pumped up, you know? Yeah, it just gets, like the, gets people yeah. loose, you know? Like, like the, the, on the level of, like, the spectrum of cool songs and then, like, really hardo songs, which hardo songs are, like, the Hansel Robles Undertaker. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, that's hardo to the max, like, then you Like, have... you can't come out to the Undertaker song and then be Hansel Robles. Right, that's yeah, it. UJ, like you can't do that. Like, right. if that's you're gonna come out to like a uh, an iconic song like that, you you got to be ready to yeah. just drop your nuts on the mound yeah. right there. Like, right, like Trevor. Matt Hall. Str- yeah, that was tough. So I, I was gonna say Matt Strom coming out to Dear Maria last year was actually like because <laughs> like 
even if it's like a mop up situation, it's still, you know, fucking uh, bop. So that, that's sometimes all you can ask for as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, just, just play, play, play a couple of them, man. Maybe sprinkle in, sprinkle yeah. in, sprinkle in, you know. Yeah. Mr. Crowley is number one. And I think that when you hear, because it's got a long lead up until like that first riff. It's got a yeah. long lead up and it's got like the organ. It's it's really, it's really a perfect song. No one's used it yet. This is a, this is a Matt LeBeau original. No yeah. one. Crowley in the major leagues. I was going to say, I don't think any, I, I, I don't think I would, I don't think I would, uh, I don't think anyone has that in the majors, right? It's a very, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's not like super, super obscure, but it's no. obscure enough where I don't think anyone would actually use that. You're right. I'm going to put, Kenley's looking for a walkout song. Maybe I'll put him up. Uh, Mr. Kenley. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my walkout song would be not another socks podcast where you know i just play like a one minute increment increments of uh <laughs> the show like every time it come out of the pen after like 60 appearances like you've listened to the whole like one whole show so, <laughs> that is funny <laughs> just uh truck day while you're walking out yeah A- after my 48th year in the big leagues we've uh, been uh, caught up to this point <laughs> 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 all right like tom brady <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man all right i I'm think that's about it <clears throat> yeah, yeah i think we should wrap it up all right All right. Good night. Peace. Peace. Thank you.